I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And welcome to Friday, wherever it is that you may be tuning in. You know, the old terrestrial radio on your laptops, your cell phones, you podcasters. Maybe you're catching us on YouTube, wherever it is. Subscribe to all our stuff. That way uh, you won't miss a thing. Uh, Jackson, a whole while. But, yeah, the rich guys planning our demise. Jay Powell was talking this morning and said, a well, again, a bunch of nonsense. Half a point, three quarters of a point, whatever it may be. The Dow down. 500, the NASDAQ's down 300, the S&P's down almost 100. Listen, we've had Joey on, we've been telling you, especially these 401ks, there's no reason to take big losses. Make sure you've got the right allocation. Reach out to Joey, 602-909-9048, and just, listen, no cost. Hey, protect yourself. We know what's coming. Rates are going a lot higher than where they are today. Inflation's out of control. Uh, Huge warnings today about what power bills are going to look like this winter. Uh, Talks of, uh, you know, super spikes in natural gas and all the rest. Listen, uh, Europe already has it. It's most likely coming here. Uh, So make sure your portfolios are protected. But, But Jason, Jay Powell hinting, hinting, that it, it, there's a good chance it could be three-quarters of a point uh, at the next fe- Fed rate hike. Well, and that would mean, uh, it, well, let's face it, because the, uh, the last number was down about a half point. The inflation number was was better. And for him to go with instead of a half point to a three-quarters point means he's uh, he's got some sort of idea that inflation is uh, still very strong. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, it's another three-quarters point, Joe. Yeah, I, they said... They got lucky, and, and again, we had more inflation data out. Their favorite numbers, uh, the the headline number was down a little bit. Uh, the core was up a tenth, and, and that's really the problem. The problem is, and remember the last jobs number, how hot the labor cost number was. Uh, when you think about uh, business, okay, there's two major expenses for for most businesses out there. And, and that's going to be, hey, your, your facility, right? Hey, I, I own a building, I own some land, or, or I, I've got to rent a place, right? I'm making a, a mortgage payment or a rent payment and labor. I mean, those by far are, are your two biggest expenses. And with labor running that hot, uh, I was telling everyone, listen, rates are going to be higher. He says that the size of rate hikes totally de- data dependent. So this has been the line forever. What happened? Where was the data dependency, Jason, when inflation was skyrocketing and, and they were, just, oh, well, you know, it's transitory. Apparently, it wasn't data dependent then, but 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 now it is. Now it is. Well, and, and I, I believe, Joe, that they, they think the CPI numbers will go down in 2023 because those the big the big sixes and seven percents year over year was, was started uh, in 2022. For, for the year over year 2021, so I I think in their minds they, they get like a five percent next year. And they can they can start claiming that they're on top of it, Joe. I, I don't know if it'll if it'll cool down with these quarter and three quarters and half point rises that they're doing, but we'll have to see in early 2023 that that'll be the, the uh, a real test for what they're doing because if year over year is only five percent or four percent, that's still 11, 12, 13 percent over two years ago. 
you know, how, yeah. how much yeah. did they really cure, right? How much did they really cure? Likely to require restrictive policy for some time. So kind of foreshadowing, hey, whenever we we stop raising rates, it's going to be a while, and at least right now, Hey, we're letting you know we don't we don't intend to go back to zero. We'll see if that plays out. Uh, history cautions against prematurely loosening policy. So again, Jay Powell trying to you know to be a little tough here. We know he's not, but you know, obviously, what they say and what they do are two different things. He can say this till the cows come home. His track record speaks for itself. Uh, he's a day late and a dollar short at all times. Inflation has just about everyone's attention right now, he said. So apparently, you know, I guess that's positive. Hey, apparently we finally got Jay Powell's attention. Uh, highlights a partic- uh, particular risk. The longer the current bout of high inflation continues, the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. Yeah. Uh, I think we're already there. Right? You know, one of those Fed chiefs uh, just a couple months ago said he was expecting six and a half, seven percent year over year for uh, next June. Remember that, Joe? So yeah, that was the New York Fed. Yeah. So that that's a that uh, yeah, that wasn't uh, you know when when New York Fed uh, they carry a little more weight because right because they oversee Wall Street. So when the New York Fed said because you don't get a lot of comments out of New New York, you get. You know, uh, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, Minneapolis, right? You get these other Fed governors in areas that maybe aren't quite as important. Uh, but that one carries a lot of weight. So really as delivered, I think. He, he, he wanted to come out uh, and, 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 you know, be tough and, and say all the right things about inflation. Uh, we'll see what the market, you know, obviously today the Dow's down big, uh, and rightfully so because, uh, if, if Jay Powell is a man of his word this time around, uh, rates to Jason's point look like they're going to be considerably higher. Uh, forget about three, uh, or are we talking five or six on a Fed's funds rate? And at that level, uh, it's going to be very difficult uh, for the paper assets, Jason. Well, and I think it's why uh, Joe Biden and the Fed, they're, uh, they're wanting you to look at the big fight, that you know, like they're, like they're fighting a dragon that's called inflation. But they don't want to see the word recession. They don't want to talk about that. Let's just, read, let's, let's just change the meaning on that one, right, Joe? Let's not, don't look over there, right? Yeah. What, what, what? Everything's fine. That's not what recession means anymore. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So the big Jackson Hole speech is out and done. Uh, everything's down today. Gold's down twenty. Silver's down twenty five cents. Uh, the entire stock market uh, getting hit pretty hard this morning. Uh, bond yields are up just a little bit. They're going much higher. But again, uh, we're seeing now this ten year note squarely above three percent. Uh, Looks like before the end of the year, we're going to have a, have that number be over 4%. And how high does it go afterwards? Uh, but, but other things happening, you know, the other day, California announced we will not allow any new car sales to be gas powered starting in 2035, uh, which basically means, 
because uh, car makers, listen, they're not going to build, oh, here's our California cars and here's everything else. Uh, they're going to, everything's going to be, uh, I think that's probably the, the gauntlet now, all electric by then. And man, are these electric car prices going out of control. I mean, Tesla, they've raised prices what, three times this year? Ford just announced it. The, the Mustang Mach-E uh, raised it another $8,000. I mean, these aren't little price increases. You know, they're, 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 these are big ones. You know, Tesla, I think they've raised the price of a Tesla by over $10,000 this year. Uh, Ford saying significant material cost increases. Uh, continued supply chain restraints. Uh, they're now saying that the stripped down, the cheapy, cheapy, cheap Mach E Mustang will now cost you pretty much fifty thousand. Is the is the base level, Jason? Uh, it, that's that's incredible when you think about it. Hey, I'm going to get a cheap. I'm going to buy the cheap one. Yeah, it's going to be fifty grand. Uh, and, and why do I get the feeling? Uh, that next year these prices are going to go even higher than that. Everything that builds a car is more expensive, and, and it is a, it is a vehicle that uses energy. So if you're constricting energy use across the planet, it doesn't matter what how you're getting the electricity in the car. It's going to cost more. They're 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 delving out less energy, Joe. So it doesn't matter if it's an electric car or a gas car. It's going to be more expensive no matter what you drive. Yeah, we're going to find out the true cost of this going green i think people are going to be very 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 surprised uh the listen just just what they need like the lithium and all the other components as they all go electric is going to be overwhelming it was one thing when tesla was making you know two three hundred thousand cars but it was just them Right, and a couple of other startups here or there now you're talking about hey we're going to make you know 40 million uh, electric cars around the world, uh, the, these prices. But again, I think they knew this. Uh, yesterday we talked about this. There's no reason, none, for gas to be $4. There's no reason that natural gas is almost 10 bucks. And they're talking about a super spike over the winter, right? There's no reason for these things. We've got plenty of oil. We've got more natural gas. I mean, natural gas. I mean, it's incredible how much there is out there. But, but Jason, this, this, this was deliberately done. Uh, create these shortages. Don't invest in these things because we want to take you over here. This is why I said yesterday, listen, these billionaires in Jackson Hole, they're setting our fate up for us, Jason. The fact that they're talking at all means that it's not good for the average guy. You know, they're talking because they're fortifying their position. So, you know, if it's, if it's energy guys, they're going to talk amongst each other about how they can collude. You know, this is, a, this is all cartel. They all learned it from the central bank cartel. Now all the corporate cartels that run energy or run government or run education, they're, they're all fortifying their positions every time they meet. It's not that they're... Uh, uh, it's not like a movie where you know the, it's like the evil genius is going to kill people. It's it's all about control and, and financial uh, burden that we bear, uh, so that we stay down here and they stay up there. I mean, I mean that that Bannon speech that we play once in a while, he just he just went off on the Federal Reserve. You know, he did make one solid point. We all know that the, the top half percent now make more money than the bottom 90%. But that actually did happen just since the 08 housing crash. The last 10 years is when that actually completely flipped. 
You know, the, the bottom ninety six percent still did earn more. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a lot more, but they earned more. And that that flipped in the last ten years, Joe. And this is not going to get better. If that's not going to get better, that means it's it's more heavily weighted towards the top half percent. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a big complainer about pe- people getting rich, but when they use government to enrich themselves, that's the problem, Joe. And and uh, it makes uh, it's it's no wonder why uh, eighty seven thousand new IRS IRS agents are showing up because they need the police force to enforce this thing. Yeah, and and again, that whole IRS situation uh, getting worse and worse as we learn uh, more about it. This is you know when you're talking about one of the largest expansions uh, of government ever. Uh, it, that that's off the charts. I mean, uh, uh, the expansion of domestic uh, of the domestic police state from the federal government, uh, the largest uh, in history. Uh, the Biden administration is trying to. Oh no, we're not doing that. You know, yesterday the head of the IRS. Oh no, you know, it, it, it's fake news that we're we're arming IRS agents. Listen. That was what you put on the job description. So I don't know how it's fake news. This is absolutely what is going to happen. Anybody who believes that they're hiring 87,000 IRS agents and they're not going to be targeting most of their audits for people making under 250,000, you just don't know reality. You just don't want to live in reality because they've already said it. Listen, over 90% of all the audits the IRS does is people making under 250000 And guess what? They already said the percentages aren't going to change. So what does that mean? Well, we're going to get more. That, it, it, it's incredible. That's exactly right, Joe. It's exactly right. You know, and, and, and we I ran over some numbers of, uh, when you were on your vacation that showed uh, that showed the numbers right there in your face that there's more money to be had taxing the bottom 95% than the top 5%. I ran over these numbers. It was a, uh, a video. I, 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 I used the, the straight information from uh, uh, Joe Brown. Uh, when, you know, you've, you've heard me play those, but he, he laid it out right there. He's like, this is not a, 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 a conspiracy. This isn't just a, a theory. This is where the money is. It's sitting there, especially in the, the uh, we'll say the top 45, not the top 5%, but the next 45%. That's where all the money really is. The bottom 50% also has some money they're going to take, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, this is just facts. I'm sorry, but this is the reality. They carved out, and like they always do, right? They carved out a loophole for Wall Street, right? Which Jason's already said, hey, listen, the, the top 5%, listen, they've got great tax guys, right? They probably know the tax code better than the IRS knows the tax code, there's so many loopholes. There, there's you're not getting money there. It's not where you're going to get the money, right? They're going to get the money on the people like like Jason said. Probably the next forty five percent, right? For so take out the first five, the 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 from ninety five to about fifty percent. Uh, and wait, we're talking about wage earners, right? The the next uh, group of wager that's that's the, where the vast majority of it's going to be. Absolutely, Joe. I was uh, yesterday on Faking the Truth. I was playing uh, John McAfee. You know the guy that you know made up some you know made up some software and got really really rich, and then uh, suddenly didn't he moved to Belize and tried to get away from America? Didn't like the system we have in place. 
and uh, suddenly the IRS was coming after him, right, Joe? The, you know, this is always the thing. Well, we need to arrest him. He's he he evaded taxes, and he had all this this crazy stuff going on. Then he had to come back to America and to resolving some of his situation, and then running for president. But uh, he, when you listen to him talk, we played a few pieces yesterday, Joe. The guy the guy was talking about, hey, this cryptocurrency thing is coming, and they don't know what to do about it. He's like, you know, he would. I think he would. You remember when, when we were last year? Last year's when he supposedly died. And guess what happened last year? Remember, remember we vaguely reported this, Joe. If you, see if you can remember this, where suddenly billions of dollars of, of Bitcoin just disappeared. Nobody knew where it went. Remember that? That was also the I same. Remember him dying? It was a weird. In a Spanish prison. That's right. Yeah. But but weird, weird situation. What's funny is at the, at the time that he died, also is when all of that Bitcoin just magically disappeared. That he was heavily invested in. And, and uh, he, suddenly a bunch of other IRS tax cheats, so-called, were being arrested and put in prison. And there was, there was a, lot, a large IRS sort of scheme going on. And suddenly he's dead. You know, and the IRS were definitely after him. So it's, it's kind of interesting as, the, uh, as the, you know, learning from a tech guy and a Bitcoin guy and, a, and an anti-government guy that suddenly here we are in 2022 and we need 87,000 more of these guys. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? Just coincidentally, yeah, Bitcoin having a tough day. Uh, as well, apparently, uh, Bitcoin doesn't like higher higher rates either. Uh, this just coming out, uh, the, man. You know, housing has been obviously rough, but the largest landlord in the in the United States, Blackstone, uh, they do it through Home Partners of America. Uh, they are the largest residential. They're also the largest commercial landlord in the United States announced this morning that they are going to stop buying homes uh, in the majority of the cities that they operate in uh, and saying that the market has become overheated and that uh, starting uh, September 1st, they are pausing on applications and property submissions uh, and then also going to add to that uh, another group of cities on October 1st. So uh, they're going to do it in two phases. Starting next week, uh, they're going to stop buying in 38 cities. A month later, they're going to add another 10 more cities to that. So, Jason, uh, the largest player in the home buying market is taking a pause. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I mean, if they see uh, cheaper home prices coming in somewhere in the future, then, of course, why uh, why not sit on the cash and uh, and wait for that buying opportunity to come Joe yeah so that's going to be something that's going to be interesting how how slow does housing get uh, if these guys are going to step away but to Jason's point listen this is black rock or Blackstone whatever one of the blacks these guys already know where the market's going to be and obviously what they're thinking is hey we're going to see a big pullback. And, and we're going to keep the powder dry uh, and wait uh, wait to our better time to swoop in uh, and, and buy up a bunch of properties again. So uh, here's the good news. If you're looking at, hey, I'm, I want to buy a house, uh, maybe things are going to, to fall a little more than we think. The problem is as mortgage rates continue to rise, you, you, your payment may not even get any better, Jason. Yeah, you know that that's one of those things. And how long will the rates stay high? We we could be looking at something when the rates go up to whatever level they end up at. Uh, they may not come down very much or not at all. 
and that could last maybe years. We we have no idea where this is exactly headed. But if the the New York Fed is saying inflation is six to seven percent in June of next year, that means these these rate hikes are going to stay here. So buying a house now, maybe you know, if, if you don't want to wait two, three, four, or five years, or who knows, Joe? You know, who knows exactly what, how this thing plays out? Yeah, you may want to buy now because the rates are going up. They're going to keep yeah, going up. And, and I, I think you hit it on the head. Normally what happens in a market like that, this is what normally happens. People do nothing because they don't know. right? They're so unsure. Should, do I buy today? Well, mortgage rates are only at 5%. Or do I wait and, and hope that prices go down? But it, it's one of those things where at least for housing – uh, the, as the rates continue to rise, uh, these payments, you know, I, I don't know. It's well, going to be hard to say. You said something just a moment ago. The, the big buyer is slowing down on buying. Well, that means they'll be slower building. It's, it's almost like they're manipulating the amount of homes being built to keep the price at a certain level. So these prices may not dip as nearly as much as, as a lot of these catastrophists are saying. All you have to do to keep house, yeah, housing prices up is stop building. I, 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 I agree with that. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the best scenario for housing is prices fall enough that it offsets the increase in mortgage rates, right? It, so that that payment doesn't get any worse as the prices are falling. I think that's probably the best case for housing. Uh, we'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason. And yesterday I told you uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, the the storage in the gold and silver markets. Primarily, we're talking about London, and we're talking about uh, the COMEX uh, here in the U.S. Uh, but London, uh, the London Bullion Market Association, if you will, might as well just call it what is J.P. Morgan, and they they are having an issue when it comes to storage. Uh, they're saying that. Storage levels, available levels, uh, continue to deplete rapidly. Uh, they're saying that China has been on a huge buying spree. Now, of course, China doesn't say that, hey, we're officially buying gold, right? They, 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 they've said that they've had about 2,000 tons of gold, and it's been that way, what, Jason, for the last seven or eight years. But when you look at what they're bringing into the country, uh, it really is getting to be at levels that they have not seen before. I, I have a hard time. Now, it could be, is that, you know, China's got over a billion people. Their citizens buy a lot of gold. Uh, but, but it looks like China is back in a major way into these gold markets. Uh, gold stock levels are at the lowest they've been, especially. So one of the things that London does and, and COMEX does, uh, you know, your paper gold, your paper silver, the ETFs, they pretend like that's part of their storage, even though it really isn't, right? That's that's private people's gold, but they say, oh, no, well, we've got this available. And I guess what they're saying is, and remember how these paper contracts work, uh, work. it's really worth noting, at any time, they can just say you're out, and and here's your cash settlement. Uh, and I think that's what the London Market Exchange is saying. Well, if we need, if we need to, we can always just take the gold or the silver out of the paper ETFs. 
But something, especially when, when it comes to silver, and this, this is a little frustrating because you look at silver today, just below $19. Are you kidding me? Premiums skyrocketing. And just in the last year, supply of silver in these vaults has fallen by 182 million ounces, 182 million less ounces. Uh, right now they're saying in silver that there's 31,000 tons of silver in the vaults. The problem is 20 of that 30 is held privately. Uh, it is not held by the exchange itself. Uh, so when we look at silver right now, Jason, this is the lowest available amount of silver in these vaults going back years. And that's all predicated whether they're saying exactly what they actually hold. You know, I, I don't trust anybody nowadays. <laughs> but, but going off the numbers, that's extraordinary. That's, that's, uh, that's telling you a story very clearly. And uh, if you go where I'm thinking, it's like, well, it, it, and do they even have that much, Joe? Do they really even well, have that much? Here's what it tells me. This is what's interesting. Because you take you, you you take the last couple of months, right? Gold and silver have pulled back. Silver really hasn't even participated in the inflation rally. But here's what's interesting: the amount of outflows this year double, double what the number was. In 2020. So remember when COVID happened, everybody remember uh, we are telling people you can't have silver for weeks. We 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 took it off the website. You couldn't even buy it. And they're actually saying, guess what? The outflows from these vaults is twice as big. Obviously, you know the we we, we speculated that we think the WalMarts uh, were buying uh, into the the silver markets. But, but, Jason, it really is interesting because silver, the ETFs, money's been flowing in. So they, they, that, that's part of their number, even though they, they, they don't really own it. That really means the amount of silver leaving the exchanges, it's even worse than that. Because they get the benefit of the paper silver in, in their quote-unquote holdings. So that just means these guys are loading up here, and this is how it always is, right? Oh, well, gold and silver, it's not performing. It's not performing, uh, and, and yet these guys are buying it like crazy. I think it's just a matter of time. I, whenever it is that, that Jay Powell cries uncle, whenever that moment arises, I think you're going to see a big spike, you know, one of these super spikes where all of a sudden gold and silver just go on a tear for like 90 days uh, and the price seemingly doubles uh, without letting you get in. But these guys, they're already positioned for it. Billionaires like paper assets, Joe. They don't like storing big, heavy silver. But when you have a billionaire in Texas buying 900,000 silver eagles, uh, it kind of tells you a story, doesn't it? You know, not, not, not about... Uh, what they're doing or why they're doing it, it's, it's how they're doing it. They, they, hey, they're not doing it in paper, Silver Joe. They're doing it in physical silver. What billionaires just typically don't do such things. It should tell everybody else out there what's getting ready for, to happen to silver. I mean, when J.P. Morgan, uh, back in was it, 2015, when gold and silver was kind of hitting a low there, 
you know, bought 55 million ounces of silver, whatever it was, huge amounts, right? And silver's gone up since then. They don't buy this stuff for it to go down, Joe. Just to give you perspective, China in June, this was a, a, a June number, bought 80 metric tons just from Switzerland. You know, obviously, Switzerland, huge gold refiner, not the country of Switzerland, uh, but China buys most of its gold through Switzerland, through the refineries there. We're talking about uh, $4.6 billion in a single month. And it is the second highest monthly total ever. So this is something worth noting. All of a sudden, there's been a big rush in the vault supply, both in gold and silver, and really pointing to a lot of countries, i.e. country central banks buying in the gold side, the silver side pointing to a lot of very, you're talking huge wealth here. We're not talking, hey, I'm going to buy a couple cases of silver eagles. That's not what we're talking about here. Huge level of private investors in the silver market and huge and unprecedented levels of countries buying gold, Jason. Well, when you look at uh, all of the things going on with inflation and recession going, getting ready to happen in China. I mean, China's covering up their housing problem and their, and their banking crisis. Where do you put your assets? You're going to put it, what, you can put it in a, in a stock when things are going to crash, right, Joe? You have to put it in something solid, something that's real, right? Something you can know where it is. You can feel it. You can touch it. And nobody else, it's not a promise to pay. It's nobody's debt. Patriot Radio News Hour will be back after the break. 800-951-0592. I got a pretty good offer this morning. I've got $105 liberties. These are AU, so these are what we call almost uncirculated. Uh, this is uh, somebody bought them and then put them under their mattress or put them in the dresser. They didn't really get used. You know, think about uh, $5 Liberties, 1866 to 1907, probably one of the most common uh, of the gold coins. Uh, and to get them in uns, uh, almost uncirculated condition, uh, it's always more expensive, but we got a great deal on them. Listen, they're the same price. Uh, right now, $5 Liberties, 575 you can now upgrade that to an AU. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll do it for five bucks less. Five seventy. We've got a hundred AU five dollar liberties. They're at five hundred and seventy dollars at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Wall Street sell off getting a little worse now, down six hundred and and growing here. Crude oil. I don't know what happened, but it has turned around. It's the one thing now up today. Uh, people commenting about the end of the fall in gasoline. Uh, people are talking, again, they're talking stockpiles, saying, hey, there's not enough demand to, or, or product to meet demand. Even they said, even if demand for gasoline falls, the supplies are going to fall with it. 
Uh, I'm assuming that's just because there's going to be maintenance needs to be done, things of that nature. These refiners have been running flat out uh, as fast as they can, and they're saying that uh, cuts in oil supply are going to start pushing higher, ripping through to gasoline. So we'll have to see, Jason. Uh, but this note just came out, and all of a sudden, oil has turned itself around. Uh, Bloomberg saying that $100 oil is a lot more likely, saying that the price floor may be in. So uh, there you have it. It's going to happen. We're, gonna, we're heading for the winter. If you're going to not increase energy, you know, I get Joe, this is just me. People need to understand that all energy, coal, natural gas, you know, oil, nuclear, it, it's, all, it's all one thing, really, when it comes down to energy is needed. And uh, if they're not going to increase energy production full scale, we're heading into winter where you use a lot more energy for heat. You know, it's the most expensive time. $100 oil, Joe, I mean, why would it stop there? I, I don't... It'll, it'll go very, if they don't increase production of these energy sources, it'll go way past that very quickly. Yeah, and it just, again, I think the Fed got lucky. Uh, obviously, listen, it, it, nothing goes up in a straight line. And, and, and oil and gas, it was due for a pullback. We, we, we got that. It's lasted longer than I anticipated. Pretty much because I think it's the first time in, I don't know, 30 or 40 years where there hasn't been a, a storm in the Gulf in the month of August. Uh, so, so they've gotten a little lucky uh, with it. But I guess what this note is saying is, luck or not, it's not going to get better. It's actually going to get worse. And this is something I've been saying it the whole time. Remember Saudi Arabia last week said, hey, listen, we're just going to cut oil if you're going to come out with these ridiculous paper prices uh, and, and kind of talking up the markets. Uh, but but the inventory levels just aren't there, Jason. Even with all the oil releasing from the strategic oil reserve, uh, none of the supplies have grown. They're at they're at they're at the lows. They've been at the lows, uh, and now uh, with the strategic oil reserve at forty year lows, the the picture isn't great. I think it's going to put more pressure on the inflation. I think a lot of people think. Hey, this is going to be 50 or 75 basis points, but then maybe they're going to go slower from there. I think what's going to happen in energy may, may make it worse in that we're going to get more rate hikes than people think. Yeah, I, I think the rates are going up uh, the rest of this year, and, and it, it all comes down to the inflation. If the inflation keeps going up, the rates will keep going up. And if they don't want to get on top of it with a very large rate hike, Joe, this, I mean, who knows how long it'll take before the the, the inflation numbers, I, I guess, top. I mean, I think I think with the going, you know, the last CPI kind of going down a little bit. I think they're this is what happened in 2021. It's like okay, the transitory is happening, right? And then it just kept going up. So it it, it just depends on the inflation, Joe. I mean, and, and then we'll see how high those rates continue to go. We we could be in the middle of something that you know, a year or two from now will be like, yeah, I wish we had that six or seven percent. I wish. I wish we were down at four percent or three percent, uh, you know, uh, interest rates. You know, we we may be sitting at ten percent, fifteen percent if if things go the wrong way, Joe. You know, uh, we don't know. Uh, man, here's uh, Bloomberg. Uh, the, the corn crop not looking good. Uh, they're saying Iowa, which Iowa, you know, I think Iowa and India, the corn is is 
the crop, uh, calling the cornfields underwhelming, disappointing. Uh, the best word I found was not great. Uh, they're saying that uh, the fields that have been toured, uh, the nation's largest corn grower, they said there was a couple of bright spots in the northeast corner of the state, but everywhere else the fields are in worse shape than they were last year, most trailing the historical averages. Uh, this is, this is gonna really be another blow to, uh, food prices as both corn and soybeans are up more than 2% just today. Uh, so Jason, again, a lot of these inflationary pressures look like and appear like they're actually going to get worse going into the rest of 2022 into 2023, uh, which just means, listen, People just aren't prepared for how high these rates, I think, are really going to have to go. Uh, but once again, uh, get the gold put away. AU $5 Liberties at five seventy five. Jason and I are coming right back with the final segment. 800-951-0592. AU $5 Liberties at five seventy five. Gold's down. Uh, coming near the lows here, down about eighteen bucks here, seventeen forty. Silver's down eighteen cents. The Dow is down just under. Well, it's come back a little bit here, down five fifty. Uh, the S and P's down uh, just under eighty points. The Nasdaq's down three hundred points. Uh, so everything's just kind of a mess today. Uh, crypto's down uh, almost a thousand. And the bond market, like I said, well, the look at this. Now, even the ten-year note uh, fell a little bit. Three oh two, the yield on on the ten-year. Uh, just to give you an idea about crops, corn. Okay, so let's let's take corn. Probably the most important corn and soybean. Uh, corn, soybean, wheat. Right, those are the the big three. Corn going back the last ten years. It's always between. $3.50 to, to $4. We, we, all the way, you know, until 20, through 2020. In 2021, that number jumped to almost $5. Now, now the number's jumped again. Now we're talking a number, uh, over six, approaching $7. So we're almost at the point where we've got a doubling of the corn price. Soybeans. Same kind of a pattern, always between nine and ten dollars. Uh, now we're talking about soybeans a little better here. Uh, we're talking about fourteen, fifteen dollars. So about a, a forty, fifty percent increase in the price of soybeans and wheat. Wheat is somewhere around, you know, say four to five dollars. Wheat now approaching $8, so almost a doubling of the wheat price as well, Jason. And, and this crop report, I, I guess I should have read more of it. Iowa was a bright spot. They said conditions in Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, South Dakota, worse than what was, especially I guess Nebraska was really bad. But, Jason, not really good news. They did say that soybeans... Uh, seem to be doing okay. So that's probably the reason why soybeans is only up 50% versus the doubling that we've seen in corn and wheat. That's correct. And uh, if, if uh, you, corn, soybean, and wheat, by the way, are um, not, about 95% of it is genetically modified in this country. So you're eating genetically modified corn, wheat, and soybean uh, generally. As a rule, there's very little organic. 
if we were actually just producing it the way we're supposed to be producing it, if it was organic corn, for example, it would be $12 a bushel instead of $8 a bushel. So uh, you know, the, anytime you, you, you try to cut the price, Joe, well, then you, you cut the quality and uh, you pay for it one way or another, right, Joe? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because the organic crops, Joe, haven't been going up quite as, as rapidly because the production has been the same, whereas uh, the, the GMO crops, they, uh, they, they're, they're having to see this inflation mightily hitting them. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, Joe, $8 a bushel, that's, it used to be 3 and a half dollars a bushel in 2020. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is something where, uh, unfortunately, for, for crops, right, and we know this, that just means 2023 is going to be bad. Uh, the first time we're, we we can see relief won't be till 2024 uh, because you know it, it takes a year. Right? I plant it and then I harvest it, and then the winter comes and then we plant and we harvest. So we're not going to get relief. Uh, so food prices, uh, which are already skyrocket high. Uh, looks like they're, they're going to get, we got no choice, they're going to go higher. And you got to remember, too, corn, uh, a lot of the cattle and, and hogs get fed corn. Uh, th- th- this is another blow to those markets as well. Pixel Radio News Hour, we're done for the week. God bless everybody.